0: Treat them to delightfully scented plant-based soaps, bath bombs, wax melts, candles, laundry soap, body butter, beard oil, and much more. Visit Buff City Soap in Clemson in the Hartwell Village Shopping Center and in Greenville at the shops at Greenridge.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? It's time for
0: Out of Bounds. Two beauties! With William while Slow your roll. The, the show goes till three, loser and Dan Milstead. My gosh, we need an intervention for you.
1: Be the final play of the college season, perhaps, if Clemson gets a touchdown to win it. the Bama can hold him out. Perhaps a field goal attempt for overtime. Watson. Touchdown! Hunter Renfro. Little man makes another enormous play. And
2: Clemson runs out of the field and celebrates. They come to California and strike gold.
1: Out of bounds.
3: Yo, you don't even know what stupid is. It's about to get all stupid up in here.
2: If any of you need anything at all, too bad. Deal with your problems yourselves, like adults. It's time.
0: All right, let's do this. Match point. Touchdown. Etc. Welcome in. Glad to have you with us. We are live on The Roar on a Tuesday, February 6th, 2024. Thanks so much for joining us here on Out of Bounds. William Quaginbush and Mike Vaughn with you. Live inside the UpCountry Fiber Studios. UpCountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Ben Milstead's up in uh, Chapel Hill where hopes and dreams go to die. Uh, Clemson's trying to keep hope alive tonight. And we're going to talk about that game quite a bit today because... I Weirdly, I... I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I, um, I generally, I mean, if people will know this. I am a big time tobacco road conspiracy theorist, uh, that everything that can go wrong will go wrong for Clemson on tobacco road. I just, I just feel okay about, I mean, at least a cover tonight. Um, maybe that's it. Maybe I looked at the numbers when they came out, uh, for, uh, for Clemson in North Carolina um maybe maybe that's why i feel a little bit better about this game uh mike vaughn how are you today sir you doing Doing, all right doing good great to be with you again it's gonna be a maybe a couple more times this week yeah that's right uh it's gonna be a uh it's gonna be an interesting way you're gonna be uh you're gonna be on the board tomorrow i think so very good yeah and then again on monday all right we'll say more about that we'll say more about that uh something to look
2: forward to you know there you go
0: love that absolutely love it i
2: appreciate ben inviting me to sit in on his uh his worldwide travels today?
0: Um, let me uh let me say this. Clemson, and I wasn't gonna talk about Clemson, North Carolina any open, but since I brought it up. Clemson opened as an eight and a half point underdog in Chapel Hill, and that has been bet down as low as six and a half. The people have uh the people have spoken here. The people have spoken. Uh they think that it's too many points. And to be honest with you, I think um, I think as I look at this game I want to I want to break down some of the X and O's a little bit later but let's talk about human nature for a second all right let's talk about human nature um and we we pick our spots and we talk about human nature a little bit um North Carolina and Duke we talked about it last week before their big rivalry sometimes there's a look ahead spot depending on who you play Duke goes on the road with a short turnaround handles human nature beats uh, Virginia Tech on last Monday by 10 on the road. In a neat and tidy win, it was really not that close. Uh then North Carolina goes on the road and gets beaten by Georgia Tech in a game where North Carolina played horribly. They lost to human nature. Now, I mean they lost to Georgia Tech, but they I mean more than anything else, they lost to human nature. Uh Guess what is a factor tonight in Chapel Hill? What could that be? Human nature. Let's go. You're coming off of a big win against Duke. You really throttled Duke. Duke didn't really have a chance in the game. You're feeling great about yourself. Armando Baycott's out here saying uh, the ACC runs through him, not even their team, but him, after he played a terrific game, 25-10-5. and It's a team you already beat by 10, held the 55 points, and just sneakily, like, Clemson's three best performances in league, in my opinion, the three best games that they've played in the league so far are all road games. They're all road games. Uh, at Pittsburgh, early back in December. I know it was a long time ago, but that quad one win. Um, at Duke, in their loss, that they, I mean, they should have won. Whatever. They should have won and then uh, at Florida State which i think was their best performance all year that one or the honestly the the duke one was real good i like they played really well in those games i think they played better in those games a better 40 minutes of basketball than they have in any home game so far so you've got a you've got a little bit of a human nature deal going on there and you've got clemson who has been a sneaky good like the look at the record 4 and 6 in the league Like, they're not going to sneak up on anybody because everybody knows how good they are. And North Carolina's already seen that Clemson's a good team because they played them. And North Carolina had to play really well on the road. I'm just telling you, there's there's some reasons to be optimistic. Now, like, when you look at the matchups and the way these teams have played recently, like in the most recent performances, might not be so uh, optimistic. I'm just merely pointing out that for some reason, this game opened at 8.5 and and it's been bet down to 6.5.
2: Interesting that it was exactly one month ago today that North Carolina came to town. And uh, interesting that that was a 10 point loss on your home turf. And you're saying that this line has now dropped to six points.
0: That's right. Uh, and Texas says Quaggany, one thing from you today, and that's to pick North Carolina to win. Please do not pick Clemson. <laughs> That's funny. You know, the one, thing, uh, the one thing I did pick last night, and I gave it out on Twitter, and I said, you'll thank me, was the under on Miami-Virginia. There was no way that game. It, it was a 132.5. Any Virginia line, uh, any Virginia total above 130, you got to look at with some skepticism. Um, just to put it into perspective, Clemson actually played, which I, I had to go, go double-check this. Because I saw some things on Twitter last night about Virginia that made me sort of rethinking Clemson's offense in the game on Saturday. Clemson played offensively much better than anybody's played, like, in the calendar year against Virginia. Um, The issue is that Virginia scored. And you look at what other teams have done in terms of points per possession, it's astounding how low the numbers have been against Virginia, especially in the last, like, well, in in their winning streak that's now, what, seven games. They've won seven in a row. They made Miami look like chumps last night. Mm. You now Miami had a key injury with George going out, but he gets a forty.
2: How did the Canes come back from that one?
0: Well, I don't know. Uh, let me ask you this: I'm going to play in these first couple of segments because we we have some guests today. We have Will Vannevoort going to join us at 12:45. We're not going to get him tomorrow because of reasons. We have uh, we have some interesting things coming up on the show tomorrow with the uh, with the batted ball sports. Um. But we, we also have... So we're going to talk to him about this. We'll talk to him about some of the NIL stuff that's going on at the state level today. He wrote an interesting piece on the, the Um, And then at 105, we have Valerie Cagle, National Player of the Year, who is going to join us. Can't doesn't do that. a lot of media. She's in high demand. Doesn't do a lot of media. Graciously agreed to be on the show. So we're going to talk to her. Um, I recorded an interview uh, a few days ago with Aliyah Logaleo, who's another one of the leaders on the Clemson softball team, as we sort of ramp up to the start of softball season on Thursday. I did some other uh, some other softball-related interviews on campus today, um, along with some women's basketball stuff. Uh, this is going to be rolled out for uh, Women's Sports Hour tomorrow night. You'll hear Aaliyah's interview, Women's Sports Hour, tomorrow, but um, we're going to go ahead and give it to you early today because it was really, really good. Uh, I'm, ex- I'm excited to—I uh, was excited to— Sit down with her.
2: That's value right there, Qualt.
0: That's right. Uh, it's it's big time. Big time stuff going on right here. Big time stuff. So, anyway, it's a, it's a busy show. But in the meantime, we've got a bunch of different topics that I want to sort of just hit um, quickly. Uh, get in and out to some degree. Um, and I'd love to hear from you. 654-ROAR is the number. Whatever you want to talk about. South Carolina's got a game against Ole Miss coming up today as a ranked team. South Carolina gets to face Ole Miss. I've got questions and thoughts about that. There are other games inside college basketball. But one thing I want to post to you, uh, Mike Vaughn, is this. There is this clip going around. And I'll admit, at this point in the Virginia-Miami game last night, that didn't come remotely close to the total, and that if you took my advice and you took the under, you happily cashed it basically immediately. It was like 7-4, 10 minutes in. They were on pace to have like a 40-minute game. I mean, it was... Or a forty-point game. It was unbelievable. Okay, it was unbelievable how far away from the total it actually was. Take the under. You you can you can send me a thank you. All right. But the game was over. I mean, the game was over, and the pick was in the bag. I didn't need to watch it. So I watched a lot of women's basketball last night. I was watching uh, Louisville and NC State in a play for K game, which was awesome. Sold out uh, Rims Coliseum. It was fantastic. Um, and so I missed this live, but I I um. I saw it on Twitter afterwards and then again it was making rounds this morning. Did you see what how Jim Larenega or as I like to call him Jim Lariniega, <laughs> or as the FBI likes to call him coach two uh did you see what he uh what he did at the end of the game during a timeout? No, have you seen this picture I, I,
2: is this what you mentioned pre, pre-show? pre
0: No, this is not. This oh. is a different thing. Oh, yeah, oh. I teased you with some, but then I switched the order. Okay. I switched the order on That's it. That's fine.
2: Okay. Um, I'm going to have to catch up. I'm playing catch up here. That's okay.
0: All right. He, while his team's in the huddle, sat on the bench. Mm. Whole team is in the huddle, standing on the court. They're all around. I'm assuming somebody's doing some coaching there, and there is a picture that sort of went viral of – Coach two, aka Lareniega, AKA, aka Jim Larenaga. Just sitting wow. and staring and not coaching. I can tell you this. That that rubbed me the wrong way. Um, but I also get it. Like they couldn't do any. They couldn't do anything defensively. I thought they were fine, but like as the game wore on, and you you know this from watching it, like, and and even from being a player, like if you've played athletes at all athletics at all, if you're not scoring in any game, it becomes incredibly frustrating to play. Like I would say in a football game, if if you're a defender and your team is not scoring, it's frustrating to do your thing that has nothing to do with points. No, now was this like? You know, like Shashevsky did, where he
2: allowed an assistant to jump in there and take some of the take some of the opportunities, or was there
0: not even a coach in the huddle? Oh, this this looks like this looks like major, major, major checkout. Hmm. This looks like I'll coach the team tomorrow. I got to look this up at the break. But this ain't this ain't working today. So not only did that happen in the post game press conference, I got a little insight here. We have lots of friends in the SID uh, field because we work closely with these people. And so, and I didn't realize this, Tony Bennett goes first in every press conference he does, home or away. Now, most of the time, courtesy is that the away coach goes first in most places so that they can like, get on the bus and leave. So you let the away coach go first, sort of a courtesy, like especially if it, if there's a plane involved, if you if you're trying, having a bus to the airport, you let the the visiting coach go first. Tony Bennett doesn't do it. Tony Bennett goes first every press conference. Well, Jim Laranega wasn't waiting on Tony Bennett. Jim Larinaga sat down. To, he he walked in there. wasn't supposed to go yet. Walked in there, sat down, got a question. Didn't give an opening statement. Got one question about you know, coach, how was your um you know you, you held an early lead it was like seven to four or something you held an early lead what happened and he said the game got up walked out that was it wow he took one question said two words walked out so tony bennett technically went second but probably could have gotten in there earlier than he's ever gotten in there for a press conference it was quick jim larnett got nothing to say how does that strike you Cause I'm trying to like. One thing I know about Jim Larenega, okay. I. How am I gonna say this in the best way? I like how Jim Larinaga knows how to get his team to play, but I would, I don't like how their teams play all the time. Like he's a coach that's won at George Mason. They said it a bunch on the broadcast last night. He's one at George Mason. Uh, he was on staff with Terry Holland at Virginia um, and Jeff Jones. And, like, it was a really good staff with great players at Virginia in the, in the, from, like, the late 70s to the early 80s. Coach Ralph Sampson at Virginia, okay? I'm pretty sure he was there with Sampson. Anyway, they kept bringing it up because, of course, Larry Niggas at Virginia. That, like... He he was on some good staffs. He knows how to coach ball. He knows how to get his teams ready to play. But a lot of their, I mean, we've talked about a lot of their games, some of the reason he's had some success against Clemson is because their games are basically like one-on-one. They're ba- it's very pro-style in a way that doesn't look as pro-style as, let's say, what Georgia Tech did against Clemson, which was basically like stand a post player over there, get a switch, and then post up the little mouse in the house and then just see what happened there. They did it for like 10 minutes. That was the only action they ran Damon Miami. That was the only thing he did for like 10 straight minutes. Miami does some interesting stuff, but they're just trying to get to a one-on-one situation and guys just go make plays. Like they're not trying to come off screens and they're not trying to run off ball action. They're not, it's very different from Virginia that way. So I don't love that. That's not what I like. I like good, intricate action that gets people free where teammates are having to use each other. And that, to me, that's, that's pretty basketball. But I also will, can appreciate that Jim Laranega empowers his players to go play. And he knows how to reach his players. He knows how to reach a locker room. So maybe that's what he needed to do, Mike. Maybe that's what he needed to do. And maybe I'm the only one that had a problem with it. I don't like a coach sitting out of the huddle when your team scored less than 40 and you basically you gave up on your team at night. That's what I think it says that he gave up on his team last night, and maybe he tried everything, he didn't have anything left to say. I've seen coaches who got far less from their team do far more than he did at the end of the game. The post-game press conference, sitting there, taking one question, sort of storming in, storming out, whatever. I don't love that. As frustrated as you are, as difficult as that might be, it just didn't sit well with me.
2: I, I can see that. Was there any change after that? That sitting out of the huddle was there any change in the motivation of the team? No.
0: How late was that in the game? <laughs> I think it was the under four. Is he the under eight or the under okay. four? I think it was the under four timeout. And so, I mean, essentially, I'm sure he, I'm sure he wanted to just jet on out of there. But I, I thought it was interesting. And that, you know, I, I saw a couple of people on Twitter posting like Tony Bennett lost as a one seed to a sixteen, and sat there with his two best players in a 15 minute press conference after that. Yeah. And Jim Larinaga walked in mm. after a regular season loss, where his team scored thirty-eight on the road, and said two words and got out of there. So I don't know. It was in- it was interesting, but like I say, I, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that he thinks that tactic will work, or he's exhausted all the things that he thinks will work, and he has nothing else left to do. I just I don't I don't like that. Like if it, if if that to the people out there, I want to know to the audience if that was your coach. You're down 20-plus on the road, whatever. Are you cool if the coach just chills during a timeout and is sort of staring off into space like he's totally disengaged and he's quit on the game? A lot of fans quit on games when your team's down 20. I get it. But it's different when it's a – it could be different as a head coach. I don't know. And then go into press conference, do that, and walk out. Like, are you cool with it? Because, again, I found myself understanding it but not really accepting it, if that makes sense.
2: It makes a lot of sense.
0: All right, I want to get some thoughts on this. 654-ROAR is the number – 654-7627. Six five four seven six two seven. I also want to talk about Virginia. And then something else I in college basketball last night that piqued my interest. Stay with us. Hour one of the program continues right after this.
1: Did you know State Credit Union offers excellent rates on car loans? And when you get your car loan from State Credit Union, you'll enjoy having no car payments for 90 days. Visit State Credit Union today in Anderson, Clemson, Seneca, Greenville, Spartanburg, or Greenwood or visit them online at scscu.com. That's scscu.com. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing lender, federally insured by the NCUA.
2: Don't you want to just sit back, relax, and breathe fresh air in your home? You'd be surprised by the amount of dust and bacteria that is sitting in your duct system and circulating in your home. Zero Res is the only company I trust to get my home insanely clean. Right now, mention me, Mickey Pollard and The Roar and get $50 off your next air duct cleaning. Use promo code AIR50 when scheduling online at zeroresgreenville.com. Zero Res, spell it backwards or forwards, it's the right way to clean. Clemson Nation, this is former national champion Ben Boulware. If you
1: live in Anderson, Greenville, Clemson, or Malden, South Carolina, and you're looking for the best birthday suit in town, Come get tailored at www.thejunkyardfitness.com. Come by and see us at our four locations in the upstate of South Carolina. Your first week is always free. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque
0: psoriasis.
1: Now, I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky of Rizza, a prescription-only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy.
0: With Sky Rizzi, 3 out of 4 people achieved 90% clearer skin at 4 months. And Sky Rizzi is just 4 doses a year after 2 starter doses.
1: Doctor, today about Sky Rizzi, the
0: number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit SkyRizzi.com or call one eight six six sky to learn more.
2: Hey, it's Toby from Wendy's. Picture a baconator. The six strips of Applewood smoked bacon, the hot and juicy beef, the pretzel bun. Wait, pretzel bun? A pretzel baconator. And it's only here for a limited time? And right now you can get $3 off mobile orders of $15 or more with the offer in the Wendy's app? This changes everything. Choose wisely.
1: Choose Wendy's new pretzel baconator. Limited time only are participating U.S. Wendy's. $15 minimum required before taxes and fees. Account registration required. Broadcasting live from the UpCountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. UpCountry Fiber is a stronger connection.
0: Want a fast-paced sports talk show with lots of college football?
3: I feel the need, the need
0: for speed. Oh. Then keep up with Quawk and Ben on Out of Bounds.
1: Weekdays, noon to three, on 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar.
3: Where every day is game day. I should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to row.
2: Six, you riding my pony on a cat and drive, stealing young girl's uh, Yes, heart?
0: you know, I didn't suggest Toby Keith, but in my heart of hearts, I was like, you know, it probably is a good day to play a bunch of Toby Keith coming back today. And, Mike, you're just on it, dude. You're just on it. Mike Vaughn spinning the hits. Hour one continues out of bounds. Will Vandervoer in the next segment, I'm curious to your thoughts on the Jim Laranega stuff. Uh, how would you feel if your coach just sort of – checked out of uh of timeouts
2: you you make some good points here quite you know we always want to encourage players never to to give up before the end of a ball game before the buzzer sounds um even when you know you're down by so much (laughs) as the canes were last night but to see a coach do it that's it seems even worse to me
0: yeah like i say um i that that's a that's a common sentiment that we've seen on the adams Kirby text line is like well, you wouldn't let players do that. Now, we had one text that basically said, who cares, he went to the Final Four last year. I, now, like I said, I mean, I, I, I disagree with that. I don't think going to the Final Four lets you be an a-hole. Like, I don't, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't think you can just do whatever you want. Oh, I went to the Final Four, I'll do whatever. Like, I, I don't, I, I still think there's a way to, to do this. And a couple people brought up that, you know, coaches get paid a lot of money to just sort of sit in the suck Nobody said that, but that's that's kind of what it is. And to continue to coach and teach. Um, people get mad. I mean, I I've, sometimes I get annoyed if it's my game, if I'm at the game as a fan, or I'm calling a game as a broadcaster covering as a media member. I get upset when teams like call timeouts with nine seconds left down 11. What are you doing? But I'd rather err on that. If it's my coach, I'd rather err on that extreme because... I can appreciate that they're trying to run something. They're trying to teach something. They're trying to get through something. They're trying to execute something that they might be down one with nine seconds left the next game, and they're going to try to execute this or a similar thing, and they're trying to get some game work on it.
2: So what do you think Larry Larry Niega, how do you say that?
0: <laughs> Just call him Coach 2. FBI calls him Coach 2. We're gonna call what do you Coach
2: think two. Coach 2 was trying
0: to teach? Um, I, I, I think he was – I think he – Again, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt here because he's a really, he is a really accomplished basketball coach. He's a very good basketball coach. That, again, like his team's playing in a way that is not my cup of tea, but I respect it, and I appreciate it, and I enjoyed watching him make a run to the Final Four last year because I enjoy the way he empowers his players. I do like that. And they guard really well, and they continue to. I thought they guarded well despite the fact they weren't scoring. That is hard to do. It's hard to hold a team to 60 when you haven't scored in ages. And they didn't score. I mean, they just were not. I mean, it was, it was awful. I think probably what he's going to say, what he has said already, is that you didn't do what we talked about in shootaround. In fact, they, um, on the broadcast, Corey Alexander and Dave O'Brien brought it up that he told his team in the shoot you're basically preparing to make mistakes because they did not have a crisp and clean shoot-around. So, I understand from this perspective, you warned your team, you better not play like this. You're practicing failure, you're preparing to fail, you can't do this. These are the things you need to do. They don't listen. They do exactly what you told them not to do. You tell them early in the game, you got to do something different, you can't keep doing it. They keep doing the same stuff, you go, maybe I'll try again tomorrow. Because this, this is not working today. So you tell your players, if you're if you're going to quit on me, if you're going to quit on me, if you're going to not pay attention, then I'm going to quit on you. There's no point in me continuing to coach you if you're not going to listen to what I say. That's what he's going to say. Um now a texter points this out. Uh honestly, I think there's more to it. I think they were I, I don't think they were executing anything they prepared for. There's only so much you can do when the players aren't responding. There are different ways you have to respond. Is it more embarrassing as a player or as a coach? In my opinion, it's more embarrassing as a coach. He knew it was embarrassing. I agree. Especially it's a place he used to coach. It's a team that he probably feels like he's as good at as or, uh, or better than. I mean, I, I, I get that. I'm also going to suggest that there's more to it from this standpoint. You know, we talked a lot about Clemson's slide. And I'm not going to make light of Clemson's slide because it has been a slide. I mean, since the start of the calendar year, Clemson is 3-6, and six, okay? That's a slide. Coming into the calendar year, uh, Clemson had handled its business. Uh, Clemson was a considered a very good basketball team. In fact, the first game of the year, 2024 was at Miami and during that game Jay billis said Clemson was the best uh was the 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 best team in the ACC and they have fallen off that pace obviously so has Miami because there was a lot of thought out of that game. maybe Miami's one of the best teams in the ACC um they had had two losses at that point since the Clemson win. Miami is 4-6, and six, and here are some of the games that they lost. They lost at home to Louisville by 9. They lost at home to Florida State by 9. Those are quad 4 and quad 3 losses, respectively. Uh, they lost at NC State by 6 in a game that they probably should have won. They got blown out at Virginia. The other games, I would say, are sort of defensible. They lost at Wake uh, by 4. Wake plays great in their building, and they lost at Syracuse by 3. Back-and-forth game. So Jim Larinaga probably about tired of his team. Just being honest about it, he's probably about tired of this team. This is a, a team that was playing very well, and they're four and six in their last ten games, and they are sitting at five and six in the ACC um, with some some dreadful losses. And they were a team that looked some of the metrics were slow to catch up, but they looked like an NCAA tournament team. And now they're sitting after the loss last night. They dropped ten spots in the net. They dropped from sixty-two to seventy-two. They're barely a quad-one win for a team on the road. So there's that. I mean, I I I hate to say it, but it it he might feel like his team quit on him a while ago. There might be some. I mean, that looked like a team that might have some some locker room issues, some locker room dynamics. Maybe he's having a hard time reaching them or whatever the case couple i put this on twitter i want to read uh, i want to read a couple of these responses before i do i want to tell you about our friends at same property group uh the spg wants to help you sell your home uh in a in a non-traditional way if if you if you're trying to sell your home through the mls that's the main way okay but there are other ways that maybe are a little bit quicker like for instance if you need cash now if you're having a really hard time with a real estate transaction a deceased relative if you're trying to to complete those types of things. Um, if you've got property in your name that you're trying to offload for another reason, you need the cash for another transaction. I mean, I'm just giving you some examples, but there are lots of reasons why maybe going that traditional route with a realtor in the MLS is not for you. Uh, if, if that's true, then Brady's your guy. Brady Brandon with the Samuel Property Group, they treat people like people. I'm not like items on a spreadsheet. They can put cash in your hand in as little as 10 days for your property. He'll also, he'll gladly tell you. There there are reviews. You can look at five-star reviews from people who didn't even work with him, who called him, asked him if he could help them, and they said, you know what? You're probably better off going the MLS route. And they still love their experience enough to leave a positive review. That's the type of service you get from the SPG. For more information on Brady and his team, go to SamuelPropertyGroup.com. That's SamuelPropertyGroup.com. Uh, a couple of tweets on this. Uh Texter says uh excuse me, Twitter says, not sure. I do need Brad Brownell to go crazy on the officials to get ejected tonight, though, when the calls inevitably start going UNC's way. I wanted to read that one because that's the other thing. Like you've seen you've seen guys frustrated with their teams get after the officials and get a technical foul, and there's a there's a dual meaning there. Like some people think coaches are crazy like a fox, and maybe sometimes they are. Like I know to reach my team right now and refocus them. I gotta just earn a T right now, and we've seen that work sometimes. Sometimes I think coaches are just frustrated and they're just yelling. They're just yelling at whoever.
2: I think if it hadn't have been so close, we might have seen that the other night when they called the foul on 22 for Virginia, but then changed the call. Yeah, when the ref held up the 2-2, everybody at the uh, at the scorer's table saw the 2-2. I think it, it might have even gone up on the board. Correct. Correct. I mean if it hadn't been so close and you you take the risk of a technical there which could have been, you know, a one point swing on the game. Maybe Brownell goes off on that one, but I agree. I I'd, I'd love to see it tonight. I'd love to see fiery
0: Brownell tonight. If uh and I've gotten a couple texts on this. I want to address this. Because would you agree Mike that NIL is like the boogeyman for everybody's problems? like you know when the economy's bad you blame the president when college sports is going under you blame nil like everything that happens uh team looks dysfunctional well it's it's got to be nil makes sense nil in the portal right that's right. all that's all we hear. nil in the portal
2: that's the perception
0: miami got to the final four last year you know how they built their team nil in the portal there are people going, like this uh, texture says from the 864, you mean an NIL-focused team filled with egos is crumbling? Color me shocked. And my response to that would be, you mean like last year's Miami team? That was in- let, me, let me just go back over what happened last year with Miami before they went to the Final Four. They paid $600,000 or so for Nigel Pack out of Kansas State, who ended up being one of their best players. In response to that, their previous best player, Isaiah Wong, who did some stuff at Miami, got him a Sweet 16s, Elite 8s, did some stuff, was like, well, if he's getting $600, you are going to pay me more or I'm walking. Remember that? Isaiah Wong leaked it to the media that he was looking to either transfer or go to the NBA. And all of a sudden, that all disappeared, and Isaiah Wong was perfectly happy to stay at Miami. Combustible group. They paid Isaiah Wong off. To not leave. They had guys making money. They 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 recruited and developed, yes, but they also brought in Pack, who really rounded it out, and he went to the Final Four. Now, if it was just about NIL and the portal, they would have crumbled last year. The egos would have crumbled last year, because guess what? They weren't undefeated. They were not a one seed going in the tournament last year. They lost some games. They had a couple rough patches in there. But they were able to figure it out. And I think most importantly... Jim Laranega was able to figure it out. This is a guy who again he empowers his players. He knows how to deal with with some rough uh some rough groupings. Some rough uh personality matches. Um so I, like I I'm okay with the NIL being the boogeyman but let's put it where it belongs though. Miami got to the final four with that formula. Just because it's not working the next year doesn't mean that it's never going to work that way. Miami did. That's one of the frustrations I had with my. I loved watching them play, but the way that they put that roster together was frustrating for people who don't want the sport to go that way. Who don't want to reward just deepest pockets. And, you know, I like to reward continuity and guys that'll, you know, to borrow Dabo's phrase, getting in the crock pot. Um, so, I mean, I... Yes, you want to blame the mix, fine, but it's, it's not just IL. It might be this particular set of players. There might be some jealousy going on this particular time, but they figured it out last year. Now, a text from the 706 points out, Miami can stay healthy. Yeah, and look, when you do go to the portal and you're, you're paying guys to come play for you, sometimes you are going to get more selfish guys. Sometimes you're going to find the guys that mesh well, and sometimes you're going to get guys that are, that are not meshing well. Matthew Cleveland came in from Florida State. I think he's been okay at times, but he's also been hurt. They lost Keyshawn George, who's a very talented freshman, last night. They've had some injury issues. They've had guys in and out of the lineup. Uh, I believe it was Pack that missed. Um, I know Wuga Poplar missed time. Missed a couple games in there. Um, And they lost Wong and they lost Miller. Yeah, Texas points out. They lost Wong and they lost Miller. Arguably their two most valuable players last year outside of Nigel Pack. So, I feel like there's a lot more going on here than just, well, this is what happens when you do NIL. This is what happens. Because it's not what happened to Miami last year. A question from Clemson says, well, Miami going 4-6, and six, could it be because they're missing another score? And Isaiah Wong, seemed like him and Pack were one-two punch last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think they know who that second scorer is. I think Poplar sort of was becoming that, then he got hurt. I think George could be that, but again, he got hurt last night. And, you know, O'Meara is a very good player, but I'm not sure I want to run my offense through him. So, I, I'm okay with where Miami is, um, given the injuries, but given the expectations coming in. Nobody expected Final Four again, but they should be in the tournament. I think even with the injuries, they should be in the tournament, so they got a playback. A little bit like Clemson. I mean, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody today about how, you know, Clemson still is in the NCAA tournament. They're not playing like an NCAA tournament, but they're still in it if it started today. But the inflated expectations of being like a top four seed and being in the top 16 of the net and being ranked at as high as they were at the start of the year, uh, it may have sort of thrown that out of whack a little bit. I'm not saying it was wrong to do that. I'm saying but it may, may have thrown them out of whack.
2: Not to mention that win game that you and I did about a month ago.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, we won't talk about that. Ouch. Instead, can we talk about PHD? And what you have for lunch today? Yeah, man. What? Uh, tell the people. What? So, what did lunch look like?
2: I mean, PhD. You know, I'm I'm just getting into it, Quark, and uh, we'll be talking about it a little bit more in the days to come. But um, it's it's life changing. I mean, the, this team, Doctor Lucas's team, they they are amazing, and they've taught me so much about how to change my eating habits and uh, have a healthier me. And, unfortunately, Quok, in the future, you'll be seeing less of me.
0: You know what? I love, all, I love. All thanks to PHD. God, I love saying that. Uh, go to MyPhDWeightLoss.com for more information. Dr. Axel, Lucas, and her team are phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. That's MyPhDWeightLoss.com. Stay with us. Will Vandervoort going to join us talking lots of stuff, including NIL and what's happening in the state capitol today after this. Call the
3: drummer whose name is his name. One Tom Plumber will be
1: there in an hour. Or they'll discount your bill. In one hour? Yeah. Just dial the number one, then Tom Plumber. That's their name. That's their number. Call the
3: plumber whose name is his number. royal flush toilet rentals if you want to potty like a rock star you can with us at royal flush toilet rentals we offer construction port potty rentals septic tank pumping and luxury toilet trailers call 864-238-8800 we have two stall three stall and four stall trailers for your corporate events wedding parties and special occasions call
1: 864-238-8800 royal flush toilet rentals This is Greg Elliott, The Prosperity Group. Are you retiring anytime soon? Are you concerned about the market volatility? What about all the banks that have gone under? Do you realize that now there's over 144 banks that could be having problems? Folks, is your cash safe in the bank? What are your options? Let me show you how we can protect your money, add money to your retirement account, create a pension-like income, and an inflation-friendly increasing income, and we'll help you with tax-free strategies. Call me at 864-989-0176 or go to MyMoneyIsSafe.com.
3: Do you have sagging, softer, bouncy floors in your home? Well, this could be a sign of rotten wood caused by moisture in your crawlspace. Damaged wood in your crawlspace can affect your home's foundation, and that can affect your home's value, and nobody wants that. Say goodbye to sagging floors and hello to a stable foundation. Contact Canty today for your free inspection at 864 864- Or visit KNTCanFixIt.com
1: Twin Peaks is the best in the game. Here, it's bigger game days and bolder fight nights. I mean, where else can you find a scratch kitchen that always comes in clutch? Every day from lunch to late night. Only at Twin Peaks, the number one sports bar. Don't let turnover stall your business. HTI is the Upstate's trusted attraction and retention partner. We work with employers to provide all things workplace, including recruiting, staffing, HR services, leadership training, and team building for companies across many industries. Call Ryan at 864-513-6563 or visit htijobs.com backslash Upstate to discuss how we can create a custom labor strategy. Getting your guaranteed maximum refund with Taxlayer feels like yeah, yeah. Saddling Up
3: and chasing down
2: Look at that sweet fula.
3: That big old cash cow.
0: Look at all that money!
1: File for free with Taxlayer Simply Free and get your guaranteed maximum refund. Taxlayer, file fearlessly
2: the undisputed sports talk
3: leader for the upstate let's go now you murder we are 105.5 and 97.5 The roar where every day is game day Clowns to the of me jokers to the right here i am stuck in the middle with you all right who sings
2: this
0: song in the with you. this is a group called steeler's will <laughs> And guess who we have coming up? There you go. Steeler Will. Will Vandervoort is going to join us in moments. First, let me tell you about Toyota of Easley. Go online, Toyota of Uh, You can check out the great deals that they have to offer on cars that they have on the lot or even cars that they don't. Uh, the reality is uh, a lot of car buying today is about customizing the car that you want. It's not just sort of limiting yourself to selection on the lot. That's how a lot of car buying is done. That's the case of Toyota of Easley as well. They do have a great pre-owned lot with lots of great vehicles. In fact, probably people who don't pay attention or are just passing through think the pre-owned lot is a new car lot because of the selection that they have for you. Uh, they are just tremendous. The sales staff is awesome. The service department, awesome. And ownerships on-site daily. They do a great job. That's why they've won dozens of President's Awards. And that's our friends at Toyota of Easley. Go see them on Highway 123 and check them out at That's Toyota of Easley, where their name means a great deal our friend Will Vandervoort a day early uh we love him whenever we can get him on uh he is with the com. the Believe podcast network and at Steeler Will on Twitter he joins us
3: right now Willie V what's up man man it's going pretty good I like uh having the, uh Mike uh, bringing Steeler's Will uh, song in this play there that kind of <laughs> well I like it uh, I've had people bring that up to me before including Mike uh so about the band and and all that. And I've actually had some people say, is that why you, is that why you name it that way? Is that why you went with that name? I'm like, so I tell them, all, so I'm like, no, it has nothing to do with that. It was just, uh, something my ex-wife actually named. And that's how I got the name Steeler Will. Uh, how about so that? it comes from, it comes from her, but, uh, the, uh, uh, this is a public service announcement for the Steeler fans out there. And there are a lot, trust me, more than you guys probably realize in the area. Um, the, uh, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers radio network is playing all six Super Bowls, the radio broadcast from all six Super Bowl victories for the Steelers. So, you might want to grab your uh do like me, have it on your on your phone and just listen to it during the, during your work day like I've been doing.
0: Well, you know what? We apologize for distracting you from that. I feel like a bad <laughs> person now uh, for taking you away from that. Um <laughs> let's uh let's talk about something that's going on down in Columbia today. You wrote an article the Clemson Insider uh, about how Clemson and South Carolina are basically tag teaming this effort to expand NIL, what's allowed and to give schools a little bit more authority to control and be involved. What are the specifics of this?
3: Yeah, so pretty much like you said, Clark, it's more of uh, to get schools more involvement in the NIL process and and and, and so people can understand because you hear about the the Will Shipley's of the world and the PJ halls. And and when people think of NIL, that's who they think about, but it's not just those guys. It's not the football and basketball stars that, uh, are impacted with NIL. It reaches down into the, uh, Olympic sports, if you will, and baseball and, um, you know, men's and women's soccer and, and gymnastics and those sports, um, and, and, and a lot of people don't understand that uh, they're impacted differently than those major sports are. Whereas you know, Will Shipley is getting an NIL deal that's going to help Will Shipley have a little extra money in his pocket. With the baseball and basket, excuse me, baseball and soccer and stuff like that, it's more so so sort of these kids could pay their way. Now, the problem is, Especially with and this is Mike Noonan's one of the coaches that are speaking today. By the way, Dabo Sweeney, Mike Noonan, Graham Neff, uh South Carolina's Shane Beamer, Ray Tanner, uh Coast Carolina's new head football coach, uh, they're all gonna be speaking today uh down in Columbia to the to the to the state house. So, you know, Mike Noonan's message down there is you know, he's kind of representing the uh those sports that I'm talking about. And for instance, like say – one of the soccer players wants an NIL deal well currently Clemson can't do anything to help it so if people don't know who you are cuz you know they don't get the publicity that those other major sports get then it kind of that, that that young man or young lady doesn't really get anything you know what I'm saying like i mean they they really don't right. so the this new law will allow Clemson uh, for instance if it is passed uh, to facilitate facilitate uh, deals help to help deals for these universe for these players. In other words, Clemson can't go and make a deal for an athlete that doesn't have a – got to have a relationship with this uh, sponsorship or whatever. So if Clemson has a sponsor or something of that nature, um, then, you know, they're able – if this bill's passed, then they'll be able to go to that sponsor and say, hey, we got a guy who's the national player of the year, In soccer and you know he's coming back to school and he needs somebody that would you know help pay his bills and and stuff like that with some nil money uh with the scholarship and things of that nature would you be interested and so they can facilitate a deal and help get that third party involved with that player and that's what's going to be and I, i don't know if i'm totally saying it totally correctly but that's the basics of it so they can't go out and you know, go get a new sponsor for that player. That player and his agent, or whatever, has to do that. But they can go with their current people who are actually working with Clemson already. Um, any of Clemson's sponsors that are working with Clemson, then they can facilitate a deal with them for in the student-athlete's behalf. So, in other words, like I was told, a lot of these student-athletes, clock they don't have agents, don't have somebody to represent them to help them, like the football and basketball players have. They don't have somebody helping them with that. Well. Clemson can kind of work as an agent for them in this sense. And so this is going to be real beneficial to a lot of the sports. And and here's, as I mentioned earlier, here's the popular misconception with NIL. Baseball players and, uh, you know, in soccer, men's and women's soccer players and those student athletes, they don't have full rides, people. They have to pay more than 50% in most cases of their scholarships. Some pay 75%. Of their scholarship, I would say most actually have to pay seventy-five percent of their scholarship, uh, of their tuition, I should say. So they only get twenty-five percent scholarship. So uh, some only get paid books only. That's it. You know. Um, so you know, just so people understand, these athletes are using this nil money to help pay their tuition, so they don't have to go get student loans and things of that nature. Especially the students that come from other countries or come out of state or stuff like that, where it's actually way more expensive than it is for somebody who's in state.
0: Yeah, I mean, Eric Backage said a lot of this same stuff, that basically, like, you're, you know, for a lot of these sports, you're just trying to help kids pay their bills because the school mm-hmm. can't help them. The least you should be allowed to do is to help the kids help themselves pay the bills, right? Until we reform the thing and let, you know, let the, the upper crust of college athletics fully fund scholarships, that's the only recourse the schools have, right? And that's a, I mean, that to me is a big step in the right direction.
3: Absolutely it is. And so, like, for instance, right now, Clemson, uh, has the 110 Society right, which is its only collective group now. Because last summer, uh, Tiger Impact and dear old Clemson, the other former collectives, they worked with Clemson Athletics and IBSA, sort of a working group. They got together and said, "Okay, what can we do that's going to work in the best interest of Clemson, where well, we can put in position Clemson in position so when this bill is passed, and by the way, the NCAA is also looking into similar." Proposals that could be as passed as early as April, so the South Carolina state needs to get on board because NCAA looks like they're going to go ahead and pass this, and that's going to allow a lot of Clemson's competition to go ahead and get get a head start. Right, so um, it's important that the South Carolina jump on this as well and, and and get this passed because it's going to allow the collectives like uh, uh, you know the one hundred ten percent the one hundred ten society to. Uh, work, you know, with the student-athletes and Clemson to try to help find some NIL money for these kids, to get them sponsorships, to get them some stuff to where they can, you know, um, you know, make a little money, but more so to help them with their education so they can actually not have to get... And the key thing is, like, you know, we know, me and you both know friends and family that had to get student loans, and, you know, that's a lot of money. And these kids, they end up paying, they end up coming to play soccer or or baseball at Clemson, and they're having to pay their way to play ball and represent Clemson, and then when they get done, they have to pay. They have to pay these student loans back, and it seems kind of crazy and not fair. But that's the way the rules work, and you know. And um, so now, you know, the 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 110th society will be able to basically work as, you know, it'll be ingested into IPTA, as I was told. That's the best way to word it. it so if this bill's passed, which they expect it to be. Then it will uh, it will be able to work directly with ITE, and so that way, if somebody wants to give money to help the uh, NIL, they can they can probably you know they'll have to work through some things. Obviously, I don't know exactly how at all it's going to work, but basically, they can say, hey, I'm going to give this amount of money to Ipte and could you also give this amount of money? They'll tell Ipte, could you give this amount of money to the 100 ten um, society and, and to help direct it that way? So if the laws passed, that's another way it's going to help.
0: Visit with Will Vandervoort here on the program. Check him out. Believe Podcast Network, com, and at Steeler on Twitter. Time for a couple of more for you. Uh, let's talk about an equivalency sport now, uh, men's basketball. And let's specifically talk about <laughs> Clemson going to Chapel Hill tonight uh, in need of a win. Uh, the Tigers just have been uh, sort of shooting themselves in the foot in, in certain ways, particularly at home. But they, as I said earlier in the show, Willie V, they've been playing well on the road. What are your thoughts on uh, the upcoming matchup tonight?
3: Is the... The stats back you up. I mean, they shoot better on the road. I mean, way better <laughs> on the road than they do at home. And I don't know what contributes to that uh, or why that's the case right now. But right now there's like, there's like a mental block when they're at home uh, when it comes to shooting the basketball. Um, what I think I did a story last week. They're shooting 20% from the field, from three-point range, in home ACC games. I got a little better. Against Virginia, I said if they were going to beat Virginia Clark, they had to make eight three-pointers, they finished with seven. And if they would have made that last one, that would have been eight, and they would have won the game. So uh, not saying I'm, I'm you know, a prophet or anything. I'm just saying that <laughs> the numbers tell me if Clemson makes eight or more three-pointers, they generally win the game. And I think tonight's key for them would be to, if they can shoot the basketball, which I wouldn't be surprised because they're on the road. the way it's been going this year, if they can shoot the basketball tonight, I think they'll have a a chance to be in the game. And that's really all you can ask for when you go on the road in the ACC is have an opportunity at the end to win the game. Now, we both know when Clemson goes to Chapel Hill, magical things happen for the Tar Heels all of a sudden, as we saw the same magical things happen at Duke. Uh, And i say magical sarcastically. And uh, you know, so uh, you know, you gotta you gotta play with that too when you go to Tobacco Road schools. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But I think you know, if they can get around eight or more three pointers, then they're going to have a chance to win that game. Did
0: what are your thoughts on PJ Hall? Because that has been a, a topic of conversation, and particularly with Armando Baycott, like uh, mm-hmm. making Armando Baycott uncomfortable or making somebody else guard PJ on the perimeter. This feels like a game where he needs to be down the block, certainly, but he's got to make a couple threes if this team's going to win.
3: Yes, P.J.'s got to make at least one or two, and so does probably you need to have Ian probably step out and make one because that's going to open up that lane and allows North Carolina's bigs not to be able to just pack down low and, and control the paint, which is what they're going to try to do. Also, you're going to see Clemson want to go at him, and I think you'd use P.J. to go at him to get him in foul trouble like they did here at Little John last month. They got him in foul trouble, and that allowed Clemson to do some things, especially early in that second half. Um, and then again, as we saw against Virginia and we saw against North Carolina, Clemson's got to make, and I use the pun here, they got to make the layups. You know, they really have to make the layups in this game. As you, as you mentioned, I think the other day, they shot 36% on, on shots at the rim against Virginia. Yep. I think those numbers were similar against North Carolina, if I remember correctly. And so that tells you Clemson has trouble sometimes against physical teams at the rim uh, and finishing. Well, they need to finish t- tonight if they're going to have an opportunity. We talked about you know making the threes, obviously very important for what we just talked about because it, it allows you to open up the lanes. But I would like to see Chase Hunter be more aggressive. I thought he could have been more aggressive against Virginia um, and done some more things that he didn't do um especially with them you know doing the defense they were trying to do on Gerard cuz they were going to make sure Gerard wasn't going to be the guy to beat them making him shoot from 100 feet away it looked like um you know so i think Chase hunter's got to really start breaking down some of these defenses the way they're paying attention to Gerard there should be opportunities for him mm-hmm. to do that and i thought he wasted some against north against virginia where i thought he had opportunities to go to the basket, and he didn't
0: do it. Yeah, I would agree with that, and uh, looking forward to seeing if they can get it tonight. Willie V, appreciate it, my man. Always good to visit with you. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the rest of your week.
3: Uh, all right, guys. You be good. I'll talk to you later, Clark.
0: Sounds good. That is Will Vandervoer joining the program. 654 Roar is the number. When we return at the top of Hour 2, Valerie Kagel next.
3: WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson. WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens. 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the roar.